0: Long time since I preached here last, some 25 years, and I must admit, there's a, some are absent this morning, and big absence, and I hope before too long, the Lord will open the windows of heaven, pour out his Holy Spirit on the hearts of all his children, and this church will be full again. I understand that there is also COVID, and uh, I won't make any comments on that. So may we enjoy being together, and worshipping God just by being here and listening to his word. Now, I do have a somewhat different style of, of sharing the word of God. I sort of believe that God has given us all sufficient knowledge and sufficient experiences in life to know where to find the truth. We all have what? Yes. What else do we have? So on the one side, the Bible. On the other side, the, yeah. Uh, and we also have EGW. What does she stand for? Testimony. testimony of Jesus, yes. So it would be very, very difficult without the testimony of Jesus. This morning, I'm primarily going to talk from the Bible, and I'm going to talk about certain issues uh, in this world today. Uh, I have entitled um, my, my talk... Uh, How long? And how long needs no question mark. So let me open the first window, the window of uncertainty. Um, Over the last two years, we repeatedly asked, how long are we going to wear what? The mask. Now, how long are we going to persevere with this lockdowns how long before we can what and travel again how long before life gets back to what will there ever be normal again not the way we knew it but we have a better normal that is promised in the scriptures and we'll talk about that this morning So then, after two years of unreliable answers, leading to traumatic uncertainties, and we ask ourselves, when will we get some credible explanations? True? Because what we get is predominantly FN. What does that stand for? Fake news. (laughs) And nobody needs fake news. But... Let me now open another window. There are only two forces and two entities which are vying for our attention. On the one side, we have our loving Savior who died on the cross so that we may live as we sank, who has given us victory over sin and not just saved us and not just justified us, but also sanctified and will glorify us before too long. And He is straight on the narrow Partway of what? Starts with T. He is what? The way? Truth? Night. So he is straight on the truth pathway. And he never tells lies. And it is amazing because whatever the word speaks, the word spoke in the beginning, let there be? And there was? You see, on the other side, we have one of the most cunning liars and murderers from the beginning according to John 8, 42 and 43 because Christ would have said he has no truth in him so he cannot tell the truth. And so this is why there are so many theories, isms and lies. And so he is now using all sorts of different, shall we say, secret part ways that only he knows where they lead because who, did any one of us expect 2020 lockdowns and pandemic, inverted commas? Did anybody expect the consequences? And so then now we open the third window and that is the window of uncertainty, gross uncertainty, because it is alleged that the Uh, uncertainties of the new normal caused a worldwide mass psychosis. Do we know what psychosis is? It is when people get so frightened, they get so anxious, they become hysterical. And that is not just happening here in Australia. It is happening worldwide. So everything that I'm going to talk about this morning is going to be affecting us, God's people, on a global basis. And so that being the case, isn't it time we got some reliable, credible news? Yes? Okay, well, this morning I have two such news. One is a really good one and one is a really bad one. Which do you want to hear first? The good one. The good one, you're sure? Okay. Well, most people want to hear some good news because we are entitled, but this, new, this news that is a good news is also based on what? On the one side we have what? Truth. On the other side we have lies. Okay? And so be mindful that this good news is based on truth that is. So um, if you have your Bibles, you can find it in Luke 21 uh, and verses 25 to 27. And there shall be signs in the sun, and in the moon, and in the stars, and upon the earth distress of nations, with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear, and for looking after those things which are coming on earth. For the powers of heavens shall what? Be shaken, and then shall the good news come, which is what? Yes, they will see the Son of Man and the Son of God, Jesus Christ, coming in a cloud, and mark these words, in great power and great glory. I mean, so all these things we've been exposed to, all these lies and machinations and mass psychosis, and taking away the time to sort of be normal is going to be forgotten because he will take us to the place he promised. Now, the bad news. Some of you may have heard it. Last week on January 20, 2022, the Bulletin of the Atomic Scientists warned the world it's just how long before doomsday. 100 seconds before doomsday. They sort of said, We are standing at the doorstep of doomsday. Now, it is true that um, the uh, um, doomsday clock has been with us for about 75 years. And in those 75 years, even then in 1947 when it started, uh, they sort of predicted that the end would sort of be in about 17 minutes, it was then. And then it varied. Anywhere from 10, 12 to 15. And then some years back, I think it was in 2019, they sort of said it is 120 seconds to, to midnight. Now, I would not go into the credibility side of, of the doomsday clock. But I will say this. When we, in the end, sort of compare what they say and what the Bible says, there's, there's some similarity. And if nothing else, they confirm that something is very close at the door and that is the running out of what? And time is something God has given each and every one of us. Doesn't matter whether you're young or old because you can die young or old. Doesn't matter whether you're rich or poor. We all have the same time. The question is what do we do with that time? And I think that what we have been exposed to the last in the last two years and what these kind of uh, news, and I'll share a little bit more there of what, what they say, uh, can actually bring a lot of trepidation, a lot of trauma, and we are preoccupied with this, with this thought, because, see, this next window is called playing unlimited games, mind games. And devil is very good with that, because when he does that, and you hear all these things, and you hear that you have to sort of do your own anti test at, at home, and people have to do it twice a week, you're only thinking about COVID. You have no time to think about anything else. Then our young people have on average at least three digital digital devices and they go to sleep with some of them. To do what? To hear the latest or to be in touch with their friends or whatever. And a lot of them actually are following up on the COVID news. And so what doomsday clock has said, why is it bad news? It's not just because they're saying it is 100 seconds to midnight. And that also is puzzling, because the next window is darkness and light. Why why does the devil always work in darkness, the prince of darkness? Why did he always sort of work in secrecy, and and how could he deceive a third of the angelic host? I mean, intelligent beings, even more intelligent perhaps than we are here. And he deceived them, one third. Because he works in darkness, he works in secrecy, he lies, he deceives. And that, I believe, 100 seconds, is going to bring a lot of people pressing on the panic button. And getting hysterical. 100 seconds? I mean, 100 seconds. I'm not sure that anybody here believes that Jesus is returning in 100 seconds, yes? Do you believe Jesus is coming back in 100 seconds? Because if you do, I'd like to hear about what are the Biblical reasons for it. And also see that there are some things that need to happen before that. So then let us sort of see why they're saying this. They're basically saying that um, at the moment, the greatest threat is the nuclear annihilation. You all have heard what's happening between Russia and the United States, especially in Ukraine what's happening between China and the United States and, and England and Australia and some of the allies. You also heard what's been happening between Israel and Iran. And I could go on, but rather than sort of going on with whatever the devil is doing, we'll sort of say there are a lot of things that the Bible actually has said, what we read in the verses 25 to 27. True? Now, the difference is, That the good news is, what at the end of all these events? The return of our Lord Jesus Christ in great glory. And they, you know what their prognosis is? Total annihilation of mankind. Nothing, because they're atheists. There's nothing. So the world gets destroyed by atomic bomb, and life on earth, population on earth, it's all gone. It is true that there are climate changes, but we also know that they do not come necessarily from the nature, world of the nature, but that is also, the devil has got his fingers in that as well. So we are being manipulated towards some kind of a crescendo, and today we are going to sort of see, as we open some more windows, what that may be. But both of these um, bad and good and bad news and the sources that, is, that, that are there describe catastrophes when the heavens shall be shaken and men's hearts failing. Because people actually, actually they just can't get over it. I get COVID. I'll die prematurely. I must do all these things that they say. If I don't, And in the process, we are slowly being trained and being led along the pathway of compliance. We all know what compliance is. To become servile. Servile to whom? To the devil and his servants. As God has his servants, the prophets, and and us who are here, so does the devil. So then, when we read in Peter... Second Peter three ten if you find that. Second Peter three ten. We read about the heavens and, 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 and the earth moving, but it's Peter is telling more than that. There. He's telling us heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat, and the earth and all therein shall be burned up. So you see, the devil knows the Bible quite well. Better than any one of us. Does he know this is written in the Bible? Peter wrote about it. Yes, he does. He knows also the revelation and what's ahead. So what's the issue then? He wants to use his sources, the midnight clock, the darkness, the secrecies, to make us frightened and forget about the power and glory of Jesus. And we are here to glorify his name. But how can we glorify his name when we are confused, when we are hysterical, and when we get sort of, led by whatever he is serving to the mass media. Because mass media has been bombarding us for the last decade. And so people have been brainwashed. I'm not talking about people in the world. Them definitely. Because they have no other news or very little other option. But also some of us. So then, let us have a look at a different window. And that window has to do with what happens next. But before we sort of talk about that, let us talk about a very, very influential individual who has actually caused a lot of problems in this world, and his name is Werner Heisenberg. Have you heard of the uncertainty principle? Ah, okay. Well, it is in um, the quantum mechanics and the uncertainty principle has shaken the scientific, scientific world and also theologians and most people that have brains. And I will sort of share an experience that I had last week which will demonstrate this, this, this power that this man has and then I'll explain exactly what it is. Last week... Last Sabbath afternoon, uh, we and my family, brother and sister-in-law and my wife, we went to sort of uh, Lower Beachmont because it's always quite nice there. I mean, it's weather which is either too hot or too humid. Lower Beachmont is nice, but it was raining. And so we wanted to have lunch there. To make the story long story short, we saw two people sort of sitting on the cover and so sort I of said, "Well, we're not going to eat in in the car. So who goes and talks to them to see if, if we can sort of go and eat there?" Because they were they were turned back to the to the table and they were reading books. And I said, "Okay, I'll go." And I met these two lovely people. I'm not going to mention their name. They were reading books. And uh, I sort of said, "It's okay for us to to have lunch." Oh, yeah, by all means, we are going anyway. We, we just sort of came under 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 this sort of uh, cover so we wouldn't get wet. So I said fine and we sort of came and we sat there and before long conversation came between them and us and we invited them to have something to eat and they sort of said no and that they, that they did later on. In the short time, it wasn't so short, maybe in there and whatever, uh, we talked about different things and it turned out that both of these two uh, individuals, uh, husband and wife, are highly intelligent people. Read a lot. They're professionals. And the man is a software engineer, Uh, a well-known writer, world over, has homes all over the world. And I was just trying to find out about him. He told me his name. I heard about his surname, not his Christian name. And he basically sort of said, I'm interested to sort of... Now, what do you think of of being your own God, being your own I Am, and being able to create your own universe? Because after all, he said, I'm no longer convinced about something called uh, parallel universes. That means that our universe is one of many. But he said, I believe more so that actually I can create my own universe. And that each and every one of us can create their own universe. And I sort of said, well, um, so if that is the case, then you are basically almighty. Also said, well, that is obvious, the obvious conclusion, it's logical. Almighty to do what? He said, to do anything. I decide in the morning whether I'll be happy or not. I decide what I want and what I want, I get. So you heard about the law of attraction. I said, yes, I did but that doesn't mean that, that it is reality because a lot of people are attracted to lots, all sorts of th- different things and the end is not always very very sort of favourable and they're not always successful. No, he sort of said that is what it is. And then it turned out that he basically believes that most inspiration that comes to us comes at night, in the darkness. The books he reads and what he has written has to do... Basically, he doesn't, well, I think he knows, as if he is a devoted servant of the devil. Because he's totally convinced he's got the deeds and the accomplishments to prove it on world scale. And in the end, I sort of said to him, well, see this book. And he sort of said, yes. I sort of said, well, that book is the truth of it being the book that it is. There can be no other book. This is what it is, and so it is with the Bible. The Bible is the book that it is, and you cannot deny it exists because it's been there for 6,000 years. What do you, how do you deal with these things? And then he realized that I was trying to sort of draw him out to sort of see where God fits into his life. And he sort of said, well, I think I'm not going to sort of go down that track. I said, but I would like for us to stay connected. So I said, okay. And then he told me before that, he gave me his contact. He said, but I will still be following the path where I'm on. I said, of course, I understand that. Now, what does that mean? He sort of said, well, and just listen carefully to what Heisenberg did. Heisenberg's principle uh, basically is that position of, uh, and the velocity of an object cannot both be measured exactly and at the same time, even in theory. So when we look at protons, the way they sort of travel, its location and velocity cannot be measured at the same time. So it goes through a hole and then you sort of can't find it. And then it comes again to the same hole, and so there are some really interesting I'm not going to sort of go into, into all the details, but some interesting issues that come out of that. If we cannot be certain of some of the smallest particles of the, of the atom, of where they're located, what's their velocity, well, then what can we be then confident and certain about? Do you think there is something we can be certain of? What? Yes, and what has God given us? We started with that window the Bible and the testimony. So let us now turn from doubts because when we talk about uncertainty that causes doubts uh, and the lack of faith, um, we are traveling down a very dangerous way because it says in Hebrews 11:6 that in order to please God we must do what have faith and having faith when we believe that he exists he will reward us accordingly but only if we what diligently seek him yeah there's some good answers coming from this side sounds like quite quite young people so let us have a look at the really good news ready for it sure still awake? Yeah. Okay. Let us now go to Matthew chapter 24. And we you can read the whole passage at home, but we are going to sort of skip through that because I'm mindful also of the of the clock. So this is a very very interesting scenario. You you've been there many times, but I'll present it in a slightly different way. He says here, and as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, and he, here is Jesus Christ our Lord, who wasn't sacrificed at that time, who was talking with his disciples. It is something very peculiar, he says. The disciples came unto him privately. What does that mean? What does that mean? The disciples came unto him privately. Privately. Well, most of the time the people were around and they were were in the temple and wherever else in somebody's home. And now this was one opportunity at Mount Olives that the disciples came to him privately. And when you come to someone privately, obviously you have a very intimate relationship with him. Because this was not long before he went to the cross. So therefore they've been with him more than three years. They knew him. They knew him who he was. There was also this great Peter, the apostle, who sort of, in one moment, sort of said, you are the son of God. In the next moment, three verses down, Jesus has to rebuke him. He sort of says, get away from me, Satan. Because he tried to rebuke Jesus that he doesn't need to go to the cross. So here Jesus is revealing to them some marvelous truths that have sort of stayed the test of time. And the question was then, tell us when Shall these things be? And that was initially when the temple will be destroyed and then also when the end of the time will be. And so when you ask the question, when will these things be? It means how long before. That's why I entitled my presentation this morning, How Long, because there are many how longs. How long will good and evil sort of be on a similar sort of platform? How long before... Uh, We will have some kind of victory and how long before Jesus really returns and puts an end to it. So when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign of your coming? And you can read the the entire sort of section that I have mentioned from 3 to 14. But we are going to have a look at um, verses 5 to 8. And whatever happens there, this is only the beginning of sorrows. And sometimes we misplace it, and yes, it can be reapplied more than once, but what does he talk about it here? Jesus sort of says, For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many, and ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars, see that ye be not troubled." And I will just simply stop here. Because we have talked about the current situation. We've seen what has happened over the last two years. And have you been troubled? Honestly. So you haven't been troubled? Good on you. So you really haven't been troubled at all? Okay. Well, I must say that I know a lot of people, including Christians, and they've been so much troubled, they've been actually trepidated, they've been part of that mass that has been... Basically, uh, in psychosis and anxiety. And not because they don't know what Jesus said in these verses. But anyway, Jesus says, now, this is only the beginning of sorrows, including the famines and there's a word there also, what? Pestilences. What is pestilence? How could Jesus foresee COVID and how could he see viral infections? How could he see pandemics 2,000 years before? Doesn't that make him more credible than the doomsday clock that's only been there for 75 years? I believe so. Now then, Jesus has not answered when, but he's having one of those words that you should become really mindful of as you read the entire chapter because Jesus... Constantly has this word, then shall. What does then mean? After that. So, after that, then, after that. So, then shall they deliver you up to be honored, get a lot of money, have a pleasant lifestyle, be really the Laodicea I love, rich and, and, and proud. And having everything they need. Is that what it says? What does it say? You shall be afflicted, and they shall kill you, and you will be, yeah, persecuted and be hated by all nations, of all nations. Why? For my sake, because you don't believe the doomsday clock and machinations and lies of the devil, but you believe the truth I left with you because I am the way, truth, and life. And you are walking that way when you sort of go and meet with, with brothers and sisters that believe in, in the same way. And then shall many be offended and shall betray. Now, is, isn't this strange? I'm by no means suggesting that what we are seeing is exactly what Jesus sort of has been saying here. But we no longer sort of uh, want to know brother and sister, have you really sort of had a wonderful week with the Lord? You know, is the Lord leading you? You know, And what was your week like? We are more interested in are they vaccinated or not? And we are no longer divided between uh, saints and sinners and between the saved and the lost, but between, divided between vaccinated and unvaccinated. And do you know how much hardship And trauma this has caused in many families, world around. So the issue is that our brothers and sisters will betray one another. And it is even worse. Can you imagine that somebody sitting next to you could ever hate you? And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. And this is why Jesus started this talk. Let no man what? Deceive you. It doesn't mean that, see, when the Bible speaks of men, it's male and female. Because there are also many, many, many women that sort of tell lies. So let no one, in other words, deceive you. Now we come to this interesting verse 12. Because what? Iniquity, which is what? Sin shall abound. What will happen? The love of many shall wax cold. And when love wax cold, we no longer have the power to be victorious. Without love, we are nothing. That's what Apostle Paul tells us. But there is also something else. When the Son of Man comes, shall he find what pleases God, which is what? Faith. Okay, and this is in Luke 18, 8. So, I mean, what is Jesus coming back for? If the love is growing cold, and there is no faith, where is the bride? Who is the bride? Who is the church? Who is Laodicea? Uh-huh. Okay. But before we go to love the seal, let us quickly have a look at this other issue. And it says there, When the Son of Man comes, he shall find faith, not faith on earth, but he that shall endure how long? Until the end? Uh-huh. And this, what? Gospel shall what? And what happens then? Aha, uh-huh. so what started at the beginning when, Lord Jesus, how long, he sort of said, when the gospel is preached. Now, just just some weeks back, I, I had an interesting conversation with one of our uh, Seventh Adventist uh, 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 people who sort of said to me, but, you know, that is not really going to happen. I sort of said, why not? Well, he sort of said, because it is not preached to, to, to everyone. And what does it say here? It shall be preached what? In. In, not at. It shall be preached in all nations, all over the world. In. So when it's in, it means all over the world. It does not necessarily mean that each and every person will be reached because Apostle Paul tells us in Romans chapter 2, verses 13 to 17, that our conscience, those who have not heard it, our conscience will either condemn us or free us. So we need to acknowledge that the gospel, if ever it was preached in all the world, it is just about now. And so that is definitely one of the signs of the times. But so is the bad news. If we are to wait long enough for the gospel to be preached in all the world, I'm not sure when that will happen. Because Laodicea is the perfect and true servant, yes? And I have basically run out of my time. So, that being the case, let me just very quickly say what the problem is. Has Jesus correctly diagnosed and described Laodicean condition? Yes or no? Has he provided the solution? Well then, let me end with this here to him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne even as I also overcame and am set down with my fathers in his throne he that has an ear let him hear what the spirit says unto the churches and the last window that I am opening is the window of what we should do as we leave here if we haven't done it already. What does Jesus say in Revelation 3.20? See, I stand, yes. Knock at the door. And if anyone? And what will happen if anyone opens the door? And he will have a meal with us. That means Matthew 4.4 will live from every word that comes out of the mouth of God, not from bread alone. And when Jesus comes in our heart like that, he will transform us. And the good news is that we will actually have the opportunity to become one of the 144,000 because his special forces are going to come out of Laodicea. And maybe next time when the opportunity comes, we'll perhaps talk about that. So may the Lord be with you. May you have a most wonderful Sabbath. And may you be ensured that Jesus will never leave you or forsake you.